Hey friends, welcome to But What If You Did. This is the podcast where we talk about the ebbs and flows of being human. We know the human experience can be messy, but it can also be awe-inspiring and filled with wonder. But What If I Did is really the catalyst to finding that first next step forward when life feels messy. I'm Allison, a life coach and meditation and breathwork facilitator. I'm an Enneagram 6, I love craft coffee, ice cream, New England Falls, and really all things pumpkin spice. And I'm Chloe, a community builder with a passion for normalizing the human experience. I'm an Enneagram 2. I love sunshine, finding the best tea shop wherever I go, and introducing people to their new favorite restaurant. And we're on a mission to normalize the hard stuff, to peel back the layers of societal conditioning in order to help you feel empowered so that you can show up fully as your most vibrant and authentic self. You can expect everything from raw and vulnerable coffee chats working through our own lived experiences in real time to interviews with wellness advocates and thought leaders in the personal development space. Are you ready to hang? Then let's get to today's conversation. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of The Pod. Um, I hope you tuned in last week to hear about all of my reflections and now I get to turn it over to Allison and we get to hear hers, one of the benefits of sharing a birthday month. Um, but quick check in, Allison. How's your week? So far, so good. Getting used to having a ring on my finger. I know this is going to be like three, four weeks <laughs> old for them by time to get to it, but it's still pretty fresh for uh, me at the moment. Um, yeah, no, no real complaints. All right, let's jump into it then. I'm so excited to hear about what this last year has held for you and like what you've gathered from it. Um, so. Want to yeah. start us off? Well, uh, full transparency, friends. Um, this is the second time we've tried recording this episode. We had some <laughs> minor, major technical issues, major, major technical issues the first time we tried this. So the first time we recorded this, I was like, man, I really should have gone back to and listen to my reflections from last year just to like see what's changed or if any of them were like similar. So I went and did that this week and they were nothing like these at all. Like I feel like this year's lessons were so much um, deeper more meaningful, more profound than uh, last year's. Like, it's funny because last year I was like, wow, those were really good reflections. And this year, listening back, I was like, I don't think I grew at all last year. This year's where it's at. So that was a really just interesting self-reflection to like go and listen to that and just feel so differently about those lessons that felt so valuable in the last year. Because I think sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit for how far we're actually coming over the course of a year. And that just really highlighted just the different mental state that I was in less than a year ago compared to now. So lesson number one that has been really prominent for me, especially in the last several weeks, has been receiving is just as important as giving. This was something that I've known in the back of my mind for a while, but the thing that really solidified it for me and made me believe it to be true was when I went through that first Reiki session a few weeks ago, and she was talking about how um, you have to complete the energy cycle for yourself. If you're constantly giving, giving, giving you're, and not ever receiving, you're not replenishing your own energy, which doesn't allow you to keep giving. And that just really wasn't something that I had like thought about, about how like the circle of energy moves through your body and out into the world and back into your body. And I think it's really inspired me, especially these last few weeks. I've been way more intentional about like taking time to do the the Reiki session for myself, the breathwork class for myself, the yoga class for myself, like doing things and having no other intention other than to just receive the healing that is a part of whatever I've decided to take part in. And like, 
I, I wouldn't have done that last year. There's no way that I would have said, I need to stop giving and give to myself instead. It's a little bit of a like a selfish feeling, but I feel like I understand why you have to be selfish now. It's always funny to me when I hear people be like, it makes me feel selfish because like first off, same. I get that feeling. But also it has the same energy as the memes that are like, I'm entering my villain era. And then it's just like setting healthy boundaries with people because <laughs> um, it's not selfish to take care of yourself. It's actually that's like how you. Yes, can be, it's how like, you show up for other continue people to give to people like, yeah, for sure. Um, So I, uh-huh. I just it's interesting how some of these lessons like in the, this goes back to. Um, a podcast guest that I had on back in season one where she was saying how until you learn the lesson the way that you're meant to learn the lesson, the same lessons are going to keep showing back up. And I feel like this is one of those lessons where like I've been trying to learn for the last few years. And now I feel like I've learned it in the way that makes sense. Like the way that it was explained by Carly, who was facilitating the Reiki session was like the thing that clicked that made it feel really real and tangible to me. So that was pretty cool. The second one that came up for me was to just really be intentional about following the nudges and the the little glimmers that come up around you and in your body and acknowledging and being curious about uh, what you already know to be true yourself. Um, I think society often tells us that we need to seek external validation. And I feel like that's a topic that's come up a lot in various conversations, both within my personal relationships and my work relationships. Recently, I've heard that come up quite a few times of like, but I went against myself. And I I know that you know that I've gone through some stuff in the last week where I had to hardcore stand my ground and say like, no, like I'm not going to break a promise to myself. I'm not going to lie to myself. This is not a hell yes to me. This doesn't feel right to me. I'm not just accepting this at face value. I don't care what that does in the long term, I will deal with the consequences of, of that decision, but I'm not going to make a decision outside of who I really am and my authenticity just had to stand my ground on some stuff that like was really hard in a lot of ways. But so much of that went back to listening to like, I felt it in my body. I felt my body constrict. I felt my body try to make itself small and pulled my shoulders in and wanted to scream and stop my feet and my feet. And like, that I think was one of the first times that I like really acknowledged how deeply I heard my body loud and clear and was able to advocate for that, even though it was hard to do so. Yeah, it makes total sense. And I think it's just like as a pal, it's been so rewarding to watch this journey from like the outside watching you because I mean, think back to just like a year ago or whenever we met and <clears throat> you'd be talking about something and I'd be like, well, what? is your body saying, and you're like, well, I think this, I think that, but that doesn't align with this, but that doesn't align with that. And we were so quick to, I think as a society, but also just like in general, I think it's so easy to quickly be like rationalize ourselves Mm -hmm. out of it. And I think what's neat is you for sure have turned that corner. Like even whenever we were discussing um, like a potential shift to like this podcast and we were going back and forth, we could see the pros and cons of both. And you were like, no, my gut's just saying no. And I'm like, done. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, it's just so great how um, you like works that muscle enough to where it's strong enough to speak up whenever. It needs. Even when I don't understand it, I'm more inclined to acknowledge it and be curious about like, what is my body trying to tell me? And even just taking that moment, you know, this was another practice that Carly taught me in the first Reiki session was the like putting my hand over my heart, gently tapping and saying, I'm listening. 
what are you trying to tell me? I'm here. I'm listening. And like most of the time, I I still don't know what my body's trying to tell me, but I'm more curious to listen and really understand than I think I was before. And I think that's a lesson that's going to help me grow and evolve a lot in the next year. So yeah, just really excited that that like, re- like you said, that like it's I've worked that muscle enough now that it feels strong and supportive rather than intimidating, I guess would be a good word. Or even like, yeah. And when you're saying that, I was like, it now feels like strong and supportive and not like dysregulating because mm. I think that it can also feel so dysregulating when you don't know when you feel it, but you don't know what it's saying. Yes. Oh, 100%. I mean, I know we've talked about, and I'm pretty sure we did even last week in in your reflection episode about how we need to go into implicit memory. But when you explained implicit memory to Mm -hmm. me, and I realized that like, I was having a dysregulated, almost attack in some way. um, That that's what was happening was like, my implicit memory was remembering something else from the past and was reacting to that as if it was current moment, even though like, I knew logically, that was not I was not in danger, that was not happening. That was not a thing. Um, that's where my body went. And so I, I think it's also those moments of like learning different tools to regulate and to listen to your body when you do find yourself in those states. But yeah, I agree with the whole dysregulation thing because I think that's been a big piece of it. Yeah. All right. What's number three? So number three was self-trust is hard to master, but it's also the key to abundance. Ooh. Um, okay. I, I think this kind of follows that like what we were just talking about with like the gentle nudges and listening more to your body. But self-trust is a hard muscle. And back to the example that we shared recently, just about some things that I went through in the last week, like it is hard to trust yourself when everyone around you is saying, no, you should actually trust this. No, it will be fine. It will work out. You have to trust the process. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's all the buzzwords that we hear. And it's like, I can't explain to you what my body is feeling right now, but my body is telling me something completely different. And like having that ability to stand firm and trust that you are the only one that knows what's best for you is a really hard skill to master. It And, and it's not something that I think you master and all of a sudden it's like easy for the rest of your life. Like that is one that I feel like you genuinely have to work at time and time and time again and it's it's going to challenge you and it's going to come up against you many many times and you still have to hold firm in that for it to become easier and for you to feel more confident with it but i truly believe that understanding and having that self trust and being able to trust yourself is what leads to abundance and i feel like i've seen that come into play so so much over the last few weeks in a in a very magnetic way in a way that i've i've not truly experienced before Okay, hear me out and tell me if this feels right for you because it just like came into my head while you were talking. Um, <clears throat> what keeps us from trusting our gut is internal influences. And then what keeps us from like fully embracing our self-trust is external influences. Do you feel like that resonates for you? Say that one more time. Like if, yeah. So like if we're, if if you're ignoring like one of your like nudges, like one of like your gut, that's usually like an internal mm-hmm. for me, I think. It's like I'm like talking myself out of it. I'm like, well, maybe I heard that wrong. But then whenever I am not leaning into my self-trust, that's when there's external influences that are trying yeah. to like convince me otherwise. No, that resonates. Does yeah. that relate like resonate? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's interesting. We could deep dive that. I like it just popped into my brain. Yeah, that's a really interesting like 
thing to just like noodle on. I mean, I just think like you we don't we don't talk enough about how much we we live for that that external validation when really it's like the thing that makes you happy and how you find that like happiness, that joy, that passion. It's all internal. If you are not in tune with like who you are on the inside, like the other things don't just magically fall into place. And it takes a lot of self-growth work and being really intentional to get to that place. And yeah, no, I feel like that like super resonates. And I, I do think that that's worth a rabbit hole of a conversation and an episode. I feel like we're going to have to go back to these last few episodes where we like listed off like 700 things that we're like, we should do episodes on that and just like sit down and start recording them. But I do think we need to normalize the steps and how hard it is to to work towards that. But there's also like so much internal validation that comes from getting to that place where you can where that self-trust is there and that abundance is there. It has been like, I think, okay, obviously you've already told listeners that we've done this once, but like even on the second round, like it does not, like the impact has not shifted at all with like how much this year has held for you in like really wonderful ways, but also in really hard ways. And it, I don't know, it's just been like an honor to be on this journey with you. Um, And I think that self-trust one, it just, I don't know. I mean, hits different. we, I'm the, the first time we recorded this was what, three days ago, four days ago, and yeah. I feel like a whole lifetime has happened in those four days. Like it I has mean, took two days off, and like I, I feel like so many of these lessons like have a an even deeper meaning than they did four days ago, which is just wild. Yeah. So the next one, there is no rule book to being you. Going back to this external mm-hmm. influence, societal influence. What everyone else wants to tell you what to do with your life. Um, I, I have a few examples that come to mind and some of them that I'm like, I don't know that on air on the podcast is truly the right place to to share them in respect to the others that were parts of those conversations. But I think like from the time that we are small children in kindergarten to the the time that we become baby adults to the time that we become full adults, like Everyone wants to tell you what you should do and how you should do it and when you should do it and that you're wrong because they know better because they have the lived experience and you don't. And and like nobody else gets to tell you how to be you. Nobody else has the rule book for being you. And I know this. I feel like this might have been something you and I have talked recently about, like a lot of people want to build a business through like the Mm -hmm. hustle phase like they will tell you that like there is no way to build a successful business if you don't hustle if you do not go through those phases where you stay up all night and you do the hard things and you sacrifice this and you sacrifice that and it'll all pay off because someday it'll be easy and that's great and I'm glad that works for some people but I didn't get into this for that like and I cannot build this business and what like what I'm doing in a disingenuine way. Like if I choose to do that, not trusting myself, I'm not following those nudges. I'm not leaning into that receiving energy. Like there are so many things that I take away from myself by trying to be someone else. And like the hustle person is not me. It never has been. I've always been somebody that has firm boundaries around needing sleep, needing nourishment. There's just things that I've never been willing to compromise on that I've watched other people compromise for seasons and seasons. But I've also had a lot of narratives from caretakers, supporters, mentors 
that have said the opposite, that have said you're wrong for thinking that way. And I don't now I feel like I can stand in my truth and say, like, I'm not wrong for thinking that way. What works for you is not necessarily what works for me. But like, I think this is just general encouragement that like, as I've gotten older, I've realized what they tell me is just their opinion and their opinion is informed by their own life circumstances and they're doing the best they can and they think they're really helping. But that doesn't mean that I have to be willing to take in and receive every piece of advice that comes my way. And I certainly don't have to react to it because nobody gets to tell me how to be me except for me. Mike, drop. I think what also is interesting in that is if you ever gave into the hustle culture, you would break your brand. Mm -hmm. Like, even with your clients, with everyone, like, you are such a big, like, you encourage boundaries so much. Like, if I'm ever out of office and, like, I'm like, hey, like, something's going on at work, I might hop on. You're like, don't you dare do that. Like, you're, like, they'll figure Mm -hmm. it out. They'll be fine. Um, But also, I think what came like the first time we recorded this and then now it still just like holds so true that I think you're the lucky one like I just can't help but think that these people that are really really pressuring you into this hustle in their mind like their lived experiences have formed this expectation that the only way their business is going to be successful or bring value is if they hustle really hard and so yeah like stand firm and not doing that like I you've got a good thing going and your lived experiences have proven that, like, it is going to work and it is working. And if it doesn't, like, I'll figure it out. And I think that that's another thing. Like, this was definitely a lesson that I shared last year. But Marie Forleo's book, Everything is Figureoutable. There were not a ton of things that stuck with me other than the title of that book. But you know what? Everything is figureoutable. Like, we've survived 100% of our worst days. We've survived 100% of our best days. And we will continue to have both of those for the rest of our lives, but only you know how to care for yourself in each and every moment. And it's not up to someone else to tell you what that has to look like for you. The last one that came up for me specifically was tower moments. So the tower Mm -hmm. gets harder to climb before you can see the beauty at the top. This is something that I've seen this analogy referenced quite a few quite a few times, truthfully, over the last few months, which is how I know it's a lesson that I needed to learn. It was one of those that was like, randomly popping up on podcasts and all of a sudden people using the same phrasing and seeing posts on social media and seeing articles and the this idea that like you have to go through the mess to qualify yourself to be able to see the beauty at the end of it like I I feel like that's a lot of what this last year and a half was and now as things are starting to become more clear and fall into place a little bit and I'm not as I'm not as attached to the outcomes of things as I were like I'm able to just see what I'm grateful for and, you know, how beautiful it is at the top of this mountain. And like, there, it is inevitable, like, I will go back down the mountain at some point. We all do. Like, we all have that ebb and flow. We all have that valley. We all have to climb the mountain again. Like, we're all going to have the rock ripped out from under us again. Like, that is inevitable. We, we literally cannot control that. But I think if there's one thing I've learned these last few months is that these tower moments, these moments that are pushing us up the hill and like feel so hard and come with so much heartache and stress and just pain are often the things that teach us how to find the most beauty in life. And we need those things to keep us going. Uh, We don't have to understand them in the moment. But when we look back and reflect on them, like you will always see that. And I think like that's the thing that gives you hope in the moments that 
feel so hard. You just have to tell yourself, like, this is a tower moment. Like, I'm climbing the tower. And I don't know what the roses are going to look like at the top yet. But, like, when I get there, this whole climb will be worth it and it will all make sense. Yeah. I really like that. I think that tower moments have been a more recent um, idea for me. Like, I think that we've – how long have we been talking about them? Only for, like, the last, like, month maybe, right? I I don't know. It feels much longer than that. But it probably has only been, like, a month. Let's be real. Yeah. And so I'm still like learning what that is. But I think that like what's true without all of it is just like trusting the journey. What's your try type again? Uh, Six, nine, four. Okay. Okay. Just kidding. Because one thing I always think of is like the one versus the three. Ones really care about like want the journey to be a specific way. Threes are fine kind of with whatever journey as long as the outcome is what they want. Um, So I was wondering if that was in your chart at all i wonder if tri types ever change Got the peacemaker which totally makes sense like when i'm in a healthy state like uh-huh. nine is 100 where i go which is why i think for a period of time i thought for certain that i was a nine like i was like oh maybe i'm not mm-hmm. an eight maybe i'm actually an, a nine and then i like have that eight wing and that's why that like resonates with me um but that always spoke to me but four is like fours are the the ones that are unique. And it's it's funny because I read the book, The Motivation Code, I don't know, probably four or five years ago at this point by Todd Henry. And when the book first came out, they provided the motivation code assessment for free. It's normally like $50. And it tells you oh, like, what are your core motivations? And like, being unique was a core motivator for me. And that was not something that I think I ever realized Mm -hmm. until then. But then reading that and and I've seen that theme show up of like not being like everyone else, which truthfully just goes back to what we were talking a minute ago. Nobody gets to tell you how to be you kind of narrative, right? Like that kind of it always seems to like resurface and come up for me. Other ones were like, to develop, I think, was another one of my core motivators. And it's true. Like, you know, I, there's nothing I love better than to fix a problem, start from the beginning and like fix the process all the way through, do the thing all the way from start to finish. But yeah, some of those have definitely showed up in ways. And it was probably one of the more accurate assessments I think I, I ever really took in like what I and I think the third one was to serve, which also makes a, a lot of sense in the space holder. And like, I certainly was not where I am now on my journey. So I would be actually curious to go back and retake that now. But I feel like those core motivations actually hold pretty true still. Neat. I mean, I think we just found another, at least two podcasts. (laughs) We can each do it and talk about Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) I think we need to like find a book and do like a whole series on like where we read a book in real time. Ugh, that sounds so nice. Maybe I'm this so fall, like that. when I'm moving across the country and okay. like I can't record every single week. I do like to keep these in live time because yeah. I think that that's fun for the listeners to hear what's going on in real time and hear the, the messy stuff and the good stuff and everything in between. But um, I think that could be a good winter reading session, like find a good book. Yeah. Dive into the chapters because I feel like we also read books very differently. Like we always take away different lessons from similar books mm-hmm. so that could be fun too i love that man i think we just set up all of our future ever podcasts for like the next year over the last three <laughs> that's great well Allison, thanks for sharing those i'm so excited to see what this next year holds i mean you kind of gave it away it's like a lot of big things like the move you just got engaged there are a lot of big I think things that this is going to be a good like yeah i think this is going to be like a really wonderful like it's not a milestone year, but like, what do we call that? Like a cornerstone year? I don't know. 
We'll stick with that. Yeah. We're going into okay. another cornerstone year. I just think a lot of things have changed recently that are going to set up 2024 to be a different type of year for me. And so I'm excited to see where that goes. It's a lot of self-trust and and knowing that I can figure it out. Like it's a lot of big change that has a lot of potential to really shift a lot of energy and frequencies and, and just, yeah. So excited to see where we are next year when we sit down to record these for sure. Me too. Excited to be along for the ride. All right, friends. Well, now you've heard both life lessons from both of us. And I am hopeful that we will be back next week to recap our time at the Empower Her conference and what we took away from that. So if that's something that uh, sounds like your vibe, then we will uh, see you back for that. Bye, Illy. Well, that's a wrap. We are so grateful you made the decision to come share a part of your day with us. If today's conversation resonated with you, we would love to read your review over on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're supporting the show from. Or share it with a friend or tag us over on Instagram at But What If You Did Pod so we can personally say thank you for helping us spread our message. Everything discussed in today's conversation is, of course, linked down below in the show notes. Until next time, friends, I'm Allison. And I'm Chloe, and you've been listening to But What If You Did. 